1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by E.P. Wealth.
2: You remember Carnak the Magnificent. If you do, you're probably 50 years old or older. Carnac the Magnificent was a character Johnny Carson did on The Tonight Show long before Jay Leno. Long before um, Jimmy Kimmel i guess you could say when i was a kid it's a long time ago but Carnac magnificent would say three things and then he would suddenly throw out a punchline that tied them all together and i'm going to play robert the magnificent today and i'm going to tell you three stories that i'm going to get to and let's see how i get there later in the show uh what is netflix what is netflix used car prices and Taco Bell vegan crunch wrap. Taco Bell vegan crunch wrap. used car prices and Netflix. There's gonna be some of the topics on today. Plus, I'm gonna talk about small cap stocks outperforming tech companies in the NASDAQ. I really like seeing that. I taught, brought that up yesterday. I brought it up at the beginning of the week where we don't just want a rally of the seven big tech stocks in growth. We want a lot of small companies to do well. You know, maybe the company your uncle founded, maybe the uh, clothing store that has a, a, you know, 20 stores in America. We want those kind of companies to do a little bit of a catch up. And yesterday we got that. Pleased to say we're seeing a little bit of that action carry over this morning as well. Again, a little bit too early to say that the diversification. That the let's have everyone win. And get a participation trophy. It does help in the long term if everyone participates and not just the big boys. Not knocking the big boys. I own the big boys. Um, thoroughly pleased I own the big boys. Don't get me wrong. But my, Russell, uh, my 401k yesterday, I checked the balance. It went up significantly more than, say, my big tech stocks. And this morning, we're seeing the Russell 2000 up 1.4%. We're seeing the NASDAQ up one third of a percent. So almost 1.5 versus one third of one. You do the math there, and that is what you want to see. I don't really care about the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. Um, There's some stocks in the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30 that I like. There's some that I don't. It's a weird concept to me. Uh, I I do benchmark it. I do talk about it, but I don't enjoy it. And the S&P 500, again, it's market-weighted, so I can call the S&P and the NASDAQ pretty similar, all things considered. The Nasdaq has a lot more growthy tech names than the S and P 500, but the S P 500 top ten names are growthy tech names. Okay, let's move on with the show. Um, the Nasdaq yesterday was up one third of one percent. The S P 500 up one quarter of a percent. The Dow Jones and S S L average up fractions. What was interesting to me? I'm not going to be able to get away from Apple, am I, for quite a while? Um. The big problem with Apple's VR AR headset and the way I'm seeing it positioned right now is it's going to go in your living room or it's going to go in your work and one costs $3,500. I see it in your living room as kind of a modern TV for me, not for my wife, for me, she'll put it on when I'm not watching. I'll put it on when she's not watching, but if I have to buy four of them, no, but many, many years ago, people in the tech industry, uh, We're like, will Apple come out with a TV? Will Apple come out with a TV? And the answer is probably not, because we go from 2K to 4K to 8K pretty fast. And it doesn't make sense for it because they always want to be updating their operating system and adding new features and and basically replacing cycle every two to three years on your phone to enable new features with new technologies. Um, I see the VR headset as a television in your living room. For you to enjoy on the couch by yourself will i ever buy two of them not at that price and will i invite my buddy my buddy jason jason come over for the super bowl let's watch the super bowl we're going to put on our goggles and we'll be at the 50 yard line that sounds actually kind of fun for an hour but then i want to go back to the tv Maybe just we'll see we'll see where we go with this okay Uh, Saudi Arabia basically controls men's golf right now. This is a little bit of a shocker. The merger that happened yesterday while we were on the air where the PGA and the LIV golf announced a shocking deal to unify the theme of golf. Saudi Arabia's government is controlled by a crown prince who um, it looks like he basically murdered a Western journalist or ordered the murder. And the PGA is all about brands. And the problem with Twitter now is there's so much right wing speech and hate speech, uh, Nazi speech, things like that on Twitter that brands don't want to be associated with it. We'll see how the PGA fares um, with their tour sponsors uh, because they took the high road and then suddenly they sold out to the dollar signs. It looks like anyway, I am not going to really comment on that because there's not much to say. Um, back in the 1990s, golf was an investable theme. I don't think it is today with the water issues, the cost of maintaining a golf course. I don't see golf as having a superstar right now as Tiger Woods has faded from the ability to be the leader. So, okay. Weird. I was watching the little highlights of the baseball games last night in New York City is covered in smoke. As the Canadian wildfires are blowing smoke down into the northern uh, north of uh, United States, northern states. It's interesting note because I live in California and two, three years ago, soccer practices were canceled because there was wildfire smoke from 25 miles away that was blowing into our neighborhoods. And it was gross outside. It, it created some amazing sunset. So, yeah, but I don't like seeing this. I don't like seeing New York City looking apocalyptic, if that makes sense. Major flooding in the Ukraine after a big dam burst. Um, It looks like it was breaking two, three, four days ago, according to pictures. I don't know enough on this story other than it's terribly sad. Um, Disasters happen, but I don't like seeing floating houses. I don't like seeing river animals roaming the city streets. It always unsettles me uh, to see that kind of devastation. And oh, by the way, wheat prices took off yesterday. I don't talk commodities on this show. I probably should. Maybe I'll, I'll carve out like once a month, kind of give it a couple minutes here and there. Like pork bellies, you know, pig has two bellies. What uh, do you have the biggest cost of pork bellies getting it to the market? It's not like the, the, the cow, the hog's life. It's the cost of refrigerating the meat after you slaughter it. Weird. Um On top of all this, on top of all this, uh, wheat jumped yesterday as Ukraine is considered the breadbasket of the world, and they may have some water problems. So, again, that's not what the Federal Reserve wants to hear, higher food prices. Nope, I would say that would be a problematic, um, just so you know, it looks like the president, ex-president, President Trump is going to be indicted this week by a federal judge. It should make fascinating television watching for cnn except for cnn is a mess and i'm gonna do a little s- segment today on netflix on my television special Ooh, there's netflix mentioned that i have mentioned earlier in the show um on how chris lick got fired and he's being fired because the employees at cnn feel like he betrayed them and he's made a lot of changes in the last year i don't know all the specifics of it but i can tell you who watches cnn anymore One, my dad used to come home and watch an hour a day i mean that was his thing And I just, I can't, I don't have the stomach for it anymore. Uh, Whether it be Fox or CNN, news is just discouraging. Uh, Believe it or not, I'm a BBC guy. How weird is that to say out loud? Um, When I watch news, that's the one that I'll be watching. More often than not, not always. But anyway, um, who watches television anymore? We're streaming. It's the default. It's the way to go, in my opinion. Um, it is what it is. TV, broadcast TV struggles seen in struggles. I don't think Chris could have done anything to save that or to turn that company around. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. A big pints in portfolio coming up later in the month in San Carlos. Find out some details at RobBlackShow.com.
1: Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show.
2: Every now and then you'll see cute videos online of a comedian interviewing 10-year-old kids and introducing them to technologies from 10, 15, 20 years ago. And they just have no idea what it is. Um, I showed my kids the movie War Games, not showed them the whole thing because they couldn't sit through it. It was unwatchable. It was one of the greatest movies of my life as a teenage kid. Um, I wanted to be Matthew Broderick. I wanted to be a computer hacker and have the cute nerdy girl fall in love with me. It goes back to my childhood. But the computers in this are hilariously outdated. Ah, uh, shall we play a game was the big. Um, phrase of the movie. And Matthew Broderick almost starts global thermo global nuclear war. Fun game to play is it not. Um, video games were something that was enticing to me as a child. Um, I played soccer on a professional level into a, on a collegiate level to a professional level then I stopped I just I, I stopped getting good after high school I stopped getting better um, everyone else's skills started but the difference between high school sports and college sports is pretty phenomenal The difference between college sports and professional sports it, it's 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 nuts and like when you ask kids today what do you want to be when you grow up they say influencers And you have to realize that 99.7% of the influencers out there don't make $13,000. So your chances of being a professional athlete are a little bit tougher. Your chances of being a a professional influencer online are skimmed to none. And realistically, to be a professional football player, almost none. Like none, 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 none. So be careful. But shall you shall we play a game? Um, Activision Blizzard is trying to be acquired by Microsoft because they've got the Call of Duty franchise. And there's a war going on between Sony and Microsoft for the console wars and basically trying to get everything into subscriptions. So my son pays $24 or $23 a month to subscribe to Microsoft Games. And because of that, he gets basically 10,000 plus games to choose from, including the day a game comes out that costs 60, 70, $80. It's part of his package. Not all, but some. It's ridiculous. But he's been paying that for three years now. And Microsoft loves that recurring revenue. Wall Street loves recurring revenue. Wall Street loves subscriptions. And once you get to 100 million people, or it's like Amazon, Amazon Prime, let me go there for a second. Um, you're talking about 100 million plus people who are willing to pay large money to have things shipped quickly to them and to get Amazon Prime TV and to get Amazon Music. And I don't think any of us would pay for Amazon Prime on its own. I don't think any of us would pay for Amazon Music, but if it's thrown in, we're like, oh, okay, sure, why not? So on my nightly routine of looking for media to watch because I have a subscription to Amazon Prime, I start with Netflix. I go to Max. Then I jump to hmm, maybe Disney Plus. I watched the Elton John Farrell concert in L.A. Man, that was a snoozer. Holy mackerel, that was boring. Enough of the crowd shots already. Um, But then I'll eventually get to Amazon Prime. And I like the documentaries on Amazon Prime. There's been a movie or two because they go after some independent films that have been very cute. Um, but subscriptions, this whole segment's about subscriptions. So Activision Blizzard's trying to get acquired by Microsoft because Amazon, Activision Blizzard just kind of have got a toxic CEO. And the employees don't like working for him, a guy named Bobby Kotick. Um, I don't want to get into the details. A, I don't know all the details. And B, I think we could stop right there. But Activision's got a couple franchises. And Call of Duty is one of them. World of Warcraft is another one of them. And for instance, uh my family's bought every Call of Duty game for the last 20 years. And it's like a recurring thing. It's not quite a subscription, but they get 60 to 80 bucks a year for us easy. So Activision Blizzard just uh, released a new game. Oh, and by the way, um, every country in the world has approved the Activision acquisition by Microsoft, except for the UK and the United States. And Microsoft has gone as far as saying, you know, we don't have to sell in the UK. We can have people order it from a distributor and and bring it to their homes. So I think Microsoft is going to acquire them and they're going to do it through uh, the courts. Uh, is it good for competition? Sony's like, hey, poor us. Um, Microsoft's buying one of the biggest publishers of games out there. You can't feel bad for Sony. Sony's got some big, big hits: God of War, and many, many more. I'm not going to go into a video name gaming challenge here of the top ten franchises, but they have plenty, and they sell more than Microsoft. So how is it? How is it anti-competitive? Question mark. Right. So Activision Blizzard has something that should move the stock. They just came out with a game um, that's a blockbuster, Um, Diablo 4. They've sold 3.7 million units. They've pulled in $266 million this week. Some of them were sold last week and the week before and the week before, but it just came out this week, but they do the pre-order thing. Now let me stop there and, and just let that soak in for a second in your your pea sized brain. Your little dinosaur sized peanut brain. They've sold two hundred and ninety-six million dollars. Boom. Just like that. That's pretty impressive. Um it'll continue to sell. It'll sell at Christmas time. Do you see where I'm going at with this? It's going to sell really well at Christmas time. Man, meh, meh, the other favorite Christmas. It'll sell well over the summer. School's out for the summer. Um, it's gotten pretty much so game of the year type reviews. So Activision is starting to move on its own again. But when Microsoft does acquire them, a lot of Blizzard Activision employees are going to be let go pretty quickly. Um, the one that I'm waiting to be announced and I will buy the stock when it is, is Grand Theft Auto six or Grand Theft Auto five. I don't even know which one we're on right now. Um, take two interactive. We'll put it out sometime in 2025 and they'll make a billion dollars in the first week. And it'll go on to make billions and billions and billions and billions of subscription revenues to get new updates for the next five to 10 years, as Grand Theft Auto V has done for the last 10 years. It'll be a trade in my portfolio. I don't need to own it for the rest of my life. But you get the idea. So, sometime next year, I'm going to be buying Take Two Interactive. Very likely. Things can change. Consult a broker Verizon for taking action i ever mentioned. I'm Rob Black, talking video games and investing.
1: Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com, powered by EP Wealth.
2: AI hype in the United States that could play out over the next three years with some big winners and losers. NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Amazon are considered the easiest names to play that have businesses they can fall back on. With that said, there's a lot of hype right now that's going to take a lot of time to play out. Wall Street's a discounting mechanism. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare to talk about the discounting mechanism. I've heard, Patrick, that Wall Street looks six months into the future. And when the stock market dipped in the spring, it was saying there might be a recession coming six months from now, i.e. the winter or the start of 2024. Do you think Wall Street, because there's so much money Do you think it's a discounting mechanism? Do you think it's telling us some of the future or is that just bully?
3: (laughs) Uh, It is a great question, Rob, because, you know, when you get into uh, markets where there's clearly a lot of momentum, it it, it gets more challenging to answer such a question because everything looks like it's going to be, you know, just fine and dandy. And, And as we've discussed for several weeks now, um, you know, there are enough indicators out there uh, that suggest the uh, the pace of growth will certainly be slowing in the U.S. economy, if not receding uh, at some point. Uh, and what that ultimately means for earnings prospects remains to be seen. But uh, at this juncture, uh, the market is clearly taking a, a glass half full uh, view of things. And our peers, analysts are, too, for the most part, because you're seeing – you know, upward uh, moves in terms of the forward 12-month earnings estimates. Um, and uh, and that's creating some confidence here in the near term. And and, and then you get it joined with uh, a really nice uh, gain in non-farm payrolls last Friday. And so there's certainly, uh, I guess, enough offsetting evidence to think that the economy can avoid a hard landing. Uh, but what, you know, what it ultimately comes down to uh, probably won't be anything you know, terrific. Um, but in the face of uh, such aggressive Fed tightening, of course, uh, I think that it's looked at certainly as a victory of sorts if this economy can, in fact, achieve a soft landing uh, through it all.
2: Interesting because um, I talked to a couple other analysts and strategists, and I get the vibe that. They're not completely convinced, and I would say you're not completely convinced on uh, the earnings holding up as strong as they have and going into next year. I'm not pinning anything negative on you. I'm just saying I think you're being realistic and you're um, uh, not excitable. And I think that's a compliment. It's, it's a back backhanded compliment, but I'm sorry, but it is a compliment. Um, I've, I've seen something recently happen, and um, I'm seeing the small cap starting to rally, and that makes me happy because mm-hmm. – it's not yep. the top ten stocks in the S and P 500, Microsoft, Nvidia. You know, it's not the, the Googles and um, the the known names. We're seeing some rally, and I find comfort in that. Um, what are you seeing as far as the breadth of the market? Is is it reassuring to see uh, the leaders lead, or do you like seeing the all boats being risen in the tide? Yeah,
3: you know, this is this is something I do like to see, uh, yeah. and it's something that has been you know, kind of a long time coming here uh, relative to the start of the year, certainly. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because um, when you get broader participation, you know, a uh, wider breadth here, um, it, it does lend more confidence to to this notion that, that there's more conviction in the idea that the economy, you know, will avoid any type of hard landing. Um, so you're seeing small cap stocks <clears throat> take leadership here of late um even cap stocks right so something even if we look at just today's price action you know you have the S&P 500 down about a tenth of a percent that's the market cap weighted S&P 500 but you have market breadth that's uh decidedly positive you know uh better than 3 to 1 almost 4 to 1 uh advancers leading decliners to today at the NYSE and then you, sh- you see the Investco S&P 500 equal-weight ETF. It's up 0.3 percent, you know, which is a reflection of that broader buying interest that's mm-hmm. taking place below the index surface here. And so, so that is encouraging to see. Um, but we'd like to see it be sustained. Um, it's it's kind of, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word or or perspective, it's almost kind of obvious right now that you might see something like this, just given how tremendously uh, overbought in the near term these mega-cab stocks have been. And I think there's an understanding that they're due for a consolidation period. Um, But, you know, the good thing here, though, having said that, is that while you might see some consolidation in the mega-cab stocks, the, the money that might be coming out of them isn't just going to the sidelines. It doesn't appear to be the case. Rather, it looks to be as if it's being reallocated into these other underperforming areas of the market. And so if that continues to be the case, you can kind of get a market that just churns here, which is not bad, um, you know, given how we've had given the run we've had here. And so sideways is, is really indicative of a, more of a kind of a, I would argue, bull market action here, given the run that those mega cap stocks have had. And if the market can track sideways with those mega cap stocks pulling back now, uh, that's an encouraging
2: signal. Um, I looked at my 401k yesterday after a big day of small caps doing well and international doing well, and it felt like the proportion of my retirement money is doing better on a day-by-day basis because of what you just said about small caps and broader participation. So I'm picking up your vibe, and it's a good vibe. Um, Taking a look at briefing.com, the big stories they appear to be pro-cyclical vibe, rising treasury yields. Relative strength in regional banks, good to see again, because banks are part of our economic system. And like you mentioned, the broad advance paced by small cap stocks. What else are you looking at as far as things that we should talk about today?
3: Well, looking ahead, really, to next week, because we're going to see the the consumer price index for May, uh, which comes a day before we get the FOMC decision. Now, it appears as if and it sounds as if the Fed is likely to, uh, I guess the new word is skip a rate right. hike in June. Um, but, you know, odds still favor uh, a rate hike in July. But I think that uh, you could see a rapid adjustment, though, uh, back to the poss- you know, possibility of June if you get a consumer price index that, Proves to be hotter than uh, than people expect, and uh, and you know re- you know pretty much solidifies the idea that inflation is you know staying sticky here at, at higher levels, and so um, so that'll be a, obviously a, a market-moving report and one's going to be closely watched in the coming week, and so uh, so keeping my eye on those two items certainly next week, and I think the market in general is as well uh, this week. Um, So that's why you're kind of getting also a little bit of this sort of churning action here uh, with the broader market not doing a a lot, but with some rotation below the index surface, like I said, that's helping to benefit other areas of the market that have underperformed this year.
2: It's funny because 20 years ago when we started talking, would I ever have thought there would be a trillion dollar market cap? And probably I would have bet money that there (laughs) wouldn't be. And now there appears to be seven. Um, Sutter Ramco, NVIDIA, Tesla, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Apple. Um, What else do we need to focus on, sir, as we wrap up the segment? got about two and a half minutes.
3: Yeah, well, you know, it's not just – I'm with you there, Rob. You know, it was remarkable when we saw the first company passed a trillion-dollar market capitalization. But, you know, Apple at a tie the other day uh, just before it announced its Vision Pro uh, reality headset. Uh, was pushing a three trillion dollar market capitalization, which is just astounding, uh, and I think it, it, it's just again it, it's a reminder of the uh, of the, the massive market cap weight that those stocks at the top uh, carry, and uh, you can get a you know really good showing from you know uh, a large number of smaller names, but. It just takes, you know, just uh, you know, not so great showing from a few of those mega cap stocks that kind of keep the the broader market in, in check, at them you know, on a market cap weighted basis. And so, um, so, you have to be careful. I think about concentration risk there. Um, there's certainly a crowding effect that's coming into play with those mega yep. cap names, um, but at the same time, recognize the opportunity that, that does exist from a long-term investing standpoint because of other stocks that have been avoided at, at this point in time. And that's why you have better valuation uh, angles in terms of these smaller mid-cap names. And even within the SP 500 itself, as we've talked about before, uh, when looking at things on an equal-weighted basis versus a market-cap-weighted basis.
2: Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. I start my day each and every day with his content on page one of briefing.com. It's a reliable source of international and national news that you can use to your positive effect. He is we are vibing on the same feeling that it's nice to see market breath pick up and see some other winners. Uh, And again, the easiest way I can make this for my audience to understand is he writes market commentary that I read. And maybe I'm absorbing it too much, but uh, looking at the seven big mega cap stocks, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I own almost every one of those seven big mega caps, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon. Um, I don't own Tesla, but I own Tesla because I own the S&P 500. I own NVIDIA. I don't own Saudi Aramco. That's the seventh one. That's the one that probably no one would think of except for people in the industry. And am I worried the bigger they are, the harder they fall? No. Last year when they were falling, I told you to buy and I said, you will be rewarded. It may take up to three years. It took about one. Um, I'm not in the business of told you so I'm in the business of getting into retirement. And what's working now is diversification, small caps and international mid caps. And I like seeing that Um, again. I'm wealthy. I kind of want my neighbor to be wealthy too. Otherwise they may sell their house and someone moves in that I don't like. Uh, Same idea with investing. If you've you've done well, you want other people around you to do well. Um, And are you investing in capitalism or are you investing in the church of Apple or the church of Microsoft or the church of Amazon? Try to do it for the right reasons, if you know what I'm saying. Again, you can find briefing and Patrick O'Hare is such a generous man, such a smart man. You should listen to that segment again. Find me online at Rob Black show. Dot com.
1: This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at RobBlack.com.
2: Okay, so I want to tie together one of my reasons that I started the show off with that somehow they all tie together. Used car prices fell roughly 2.7% from April to May. That's positive news for consumers. But, and this is a big but, go, oh yeah used vehicles used vehicles sold remains elevated from historical levels covid kind of messed everything up here and really pushed us into used vehicles quickly and harsh and just like we needed them now it's expected to continue to decline again that should help inflation numbers but we're still at pre covid we're still at very high levels Used retail sales are expected have are estimated to have been down 11% year over year. The notable decline comes as Americans, many Americans, especially those with lower credit ratings, are being priced out of the market and repairing their vehicles instead of replacing them. I think that's the key phrase. Used vehicles. Prices have increasingly become a barometer for inflation since early last year. Do you remember last year? Uh, two years ago, I was telling you that I could have sold my pickup truck for more than I paid for it, even after having it for over three years. Wait, wait, what? Because people want to pick up trucks with relatively low mileage. And you couldn't get them for Toyota. The, everything was shipping was was busted. Which is pretty nuts. Used vehicle prices have been elevated since the early days of the coronavirus pandemic as the global health crisis combined with supply chain issues has caused production of new vehicles to sporadically idle. The average used car price is $26,969. Continued declines could help bring used vehicle pricing down for consumers since retail prices traditionally followed changes in wholesale prices. The people that inflation hurt the most, I want to reiterate this because I I don't know, I live in a bubble. I know I do. Um, I live in a very affluent area. The people that inflation hurts most are the people with lower incomes and lower credit ratings. And that sucks. And that's why the Federal Reserve is doing what they're doing and they're being adamant about it. Do I want the Federal Reserve to stop from a personal greedy perspective? Yes. Let the inflation roll. Next one, I want to tie up. Um, I talked about Netflix earlier in the show. I was going to talk about it, so I want to honor my word. Streaming giant Netflix has been ramping up efforts to bring its top shows closer to its fans through merchandise and brand collaborations on limited edition products. In May, Netflix partnered with non-alcoholic beer brand Athletic Brewing for three co-branded non-alcoholic beers. If you like if you're if you have problems with alcohol, um Athletic Brewing is a pretty damn good beer. Uh non non-alcoholic. And you, that's a weird thing to say out loud, I think. The first brew is called Geralt's Gold, and Geralt is the anti-hero of Netflix fantasy drama The Witcher. Again, video games making their way into uh, the conversation again today. Netflix started making a concerted effort to get into branded merchandise after the 2016 debut of Stranger Things. They're now looking to do more product collaborations that will get fans excited about its franchises. Netflix struck around 75 brand partnerships to promote the third season of Stranger Things including focusing on big names like Coca-Cola and Baskin Robbins. Hey, why does the girl from Stranger Things work at Baskin Robbins in the TV show? I think it's Maya Hawk, who, for the record, um, she's pretty attractive and she's got an amazing voice. She's a singer. Can you imagine having celebrity parents, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke? And then you're gifted with a voice. Wow. And I'm, I'm OK with uh, letting your kids follow in your footsteps. I'm OK with that. I'm not going to start any controversy here. Netflix efforts to grow its merchandise business comes as subscriber growth is, is starting to slow. It's really interesting. Um, we've seen it since the 1990s, brand placements in movies. We used to get offended by it. Like, Whoa, why do we have to see, you know, Jim Carrey drinking a Diet Coke? And why is the Coke can looking straight at the camera? But now it's just a way of doing business. Netflix has averaged around 337 monthly visits from January 22 to March 2023. Traffic peaked around 900,000 monthly visitors in 2022 um, for their shop. I didn't mention that, did I? Their shop. They're trying to get people to buy stuff. They're getting their merchandise in Walmarts. It's not something that you really necessarily think of, is it? Now, I don't play The Witcher, and I don't really watch The Witcher. Don't know why. I think it's um, the main character, Henry Cavill, who plays Geralt. I think it's his weird wig or the weird hair color. When I watch it, I go, eh,
4: eh,
2: eh. And I tend to like monsters and science fiction kind of stories. But um, interesting note, they're making a beer, and that might be... I'm not going to buy a six pack and put it in the fridge and sell it in 10 years. Nope. But I I get what Netflix is doing now. Netflix, let's talk business of Netflix. Netflix cracked down on password sharing. will generate close to $6 billion in extra revenue in 2024, 2025. One of my friends used to steal Netflix and he he, he did it with me. And then I'm like, Nope, I'm cutting you off years ago. So he started stealing it from another friend and I just don't care for that. And it's just not my thing. But again, I'm affluent. But JP Morgan says Netflix stock can jump 20% from these levels. The shares have already climbed 35% to roughly $400 in 2023, but the analyst thinks it has further to run, raising its price target to 470 from 380 implying 18% upside to yesterday's close. Wells Fargo is even more bullish, pricing their, hiking their price target to $500, all based on adding another $6 billion in revenue i know when stranger things comes out me and my kids will watch it and i know when the sequel to um what was there oh, oh I'm, I'm dropping the ball here um that's how memorable some of their shows are right uh squid games is the one i'm coming up with i'm gonna watch the sequel to squid games i thought that was fun um they've got a lot of international shows in fact um CEO, Reed Hastings, of Netflix, or I guess he's the uh, chairman now. He's heading to South Korea for two days because South Korea doesn't have a writer strike going on. And he knows the Korean wave is a real thing. Smart, smart, smart. You should be smart, too. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
4: Join Rob Black in San Carlos Sunday, June 25th for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with $500,000 or more in investable assets. Drop by Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 for a little sunshine, some financial chit-chat, and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find pints and portfolios and click to register. you will answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com.